This is Women Work Wonder. I'm Naomi, and I'm sitting down with amazing women so that you can hear how they created paths for themselves. Today, I'm talking to communication and peak performance trainer, as well as journalism and finance university grad, Joy Pamnani. Sit back and enjoy. My name is Joy, born and raised in Hong Kong. And I've lived here for almost 22 years now. And like you said, I studied journalism and finance at HKU. And besides studying these subjects, I do a lot of part-time jobs on the side. And I'm passionate about public speaking, leadership, and communication storytelling. So could you tell us a little bit about how you got into public speaking and what it means for you to be doing this? So I actually started this whole public speaking journey as a primary school student. In Hong Kong, we have this competition called the Hong Kong School Speech Festival. And when I was in primary school, I would try solo verse, solo prose. And then when we went into high school, there were more categories like dramatic duologue, um, choral speaking. So I, I got exposure to public speaking through that. And I've just loved it. I love the fact that you can be on stage and for that, for those seven minutes, usually like a speech at Toastmasters, seven minutes long, like Mm -hmm. everybody's just looking at you and you have the chance to tell this amazing story or deliver a message that could change perspective, change someone's thinking and inspire Mm -hmm. them. Right. What does it feel like to have a platform to inspire people? You know, sometimes it might be a little daunting to be given this at such a young age. And at that point, when you're on the stage, you always have to know where you stand. I would say it's, it, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And in Toastmasters, like there are certain subjects we stick to. We know there are sensitive topics. So mm-hmm. you no know, discussion of politics, sex, religion. But I feel like there's still so much to discuss outside that realm. And mm-hmm. there are personally issues that I'm especially passionate about. Like as a kid, I would read many books related to self-help or self-improvement. One of one of the books I read very recently, a few months back about uh, finance was The Richest Man in Babylon. It's kind of like a fiction story, but it tells you the most important rules in finance. And I feel like none of the books I've read out there or none of my finance textbooks I've studied throughout these four years beat the power of that book. And I shared my experience reading that book with the people from Toastmasters. And I do that with many of the books, the podcasts, movies that I read. You know, when you tell a story, people are able to synthesize the crucial ideas from it. So what aspects are most important for you to convey a proper story? This question can be addressed from multiple perspectives that I've gained throughout my childhood, my teenage years, and even my university life. Like when I was a teenager, I worked for a newspaper and like I would pitch a lot of ideas to the editor. But in the beginning, I got rejected a lot of times. Um, And the reason why this happened is I could not answer the one, like the crucial question when you pitch a story idea, which is why should my readers care? Or in public speaking, it should be why should my audience, my listeners, or podcasts, why would my listeners care? So I feel like this is kind of a question that's embedded in my head ever since I've been a newspaper reporter. And I ask myself this, not just when I'm writing stories for newspaper, but also delivering a speech. It's important to have that gist of what your audience likes, what your audience wants to hear, and 
based on that, you've relayed the story to them. I just wanted to congratulate you on your recent win at the Toastmasters Table Topics competition. Um, and truly incredible. What was the most important thing you got out of it? Uh, I would say like my goal with this contest was not really the championship because <laughs> I feel like there's so many great speakers in Hong Kong. And personally, as a young person, the, the Toastmasters community has a lot of older seasoned experienced speakers and I have great respect for them. And I'm just like this tiny kid here that wants to try it out for fun. Um, but I believe that my goal or anybody's goal in life shouldn't be about chasing that trophy, but rather focusing on improving yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I read the book Atomic Habits, I think somewhere last year. And uh, like in the book, it, the author, James Clear, he talks about the importance of compound interest. So mm -hmm. if you improve 1% every single day, by the end of the year, you'll be 37% better, which is a big deal. So I really feel like this contest was about becoming better than I was last time. Yeah, I would say I did improve a lot. In, in the past, maybe I'd spend about a week preparing for like a contest. But this, I gave it a lot of thought. I approached a few friends. I was like, tell me, is my speech funny? Like, do the jokes relate? Because if it's not, then I need advice now. Like, not when the judge comes up to me and tells me this wasn't a great speech and hands the trophy over to someone else. What motivates you to keep going in the face of something we might call a setback or a failure? When you go up on stage, at least like we have to deliver a two-minute speech. I would spend the first 10 to 15 seconds trying to digest the question, kill time, you know, for me to come up with a good answer before mm -hmm. the end of the speech. Um, but specifically, this topic was money is not an object. And I found that very strange in the beginning of the speech. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't know what to say. And I, I kind of just thought of the first instinct that came to me is that, okay, this, this speech is about money and I'm a finance student. Maybe I can relate it to some class I've had in the past. But it was rather not the knowledge I learned from finance, but kind mm -hmm. of understanding what it really means. Money is an object and what does that imply in, in our lives? And I talk about how in finance school, there's only one question. That is, what is the best investment, right? You're studying equity, you're studying bonds, you're studying derivatives. But the, like after four years of finance school, I realized that's not the best investment, but it's rather to invest in yourselves. Money is actually an object. And I kind of had the courage to stand against the table topics motion. I guess the judges found it memorable. That's the reason why I won. But I think overlooking the importance of preparation for an impromptu speech isn't the right way to go. Because mm -hmm. I also spent a lot of time trying out random topics, going on like random word generators online or calling up friends, like asking for topics. Nowadays, it's because meetings are online. You can just, you know, attend a meeting like in, in the United States or, or in Europe or any other continent. And you're always learning new things with people all around the world. And I feel like I've gone through a lot of successes, failures over this period. And I just 
instead of looking at it as, oh, this is a success, the, the light is green, and I had a good day, or this is a failure, I didn't get best speaker, and it's a bad day. It's rather a series of feedback that you have to filter, and you realize what feedback that you receive is actually valuable to you. Okay, Joy, I have to ask, your YouTube channel, what is it about? Okay, uh, well, I started a YouTube channel when I was like 12 years old, 11 or 12 years old. And um, I just put videos there for fun. <laughs> uh, but this time, I since I won the contest and I thought I could share some tips with uh, other people, and I made a video about my experience and I put it there. So just search Joy Pumdani on YouTube and you'll find my channel. So do you see yourself incorporating kind of journalism and finance and public speaking in your search for a career path. Do you see public speaking as more of a hobby or do you, are you trying to find something in between? I would say like even though I took journalism and finance in university, I'm more passionate about training and my part-time jobs have also been related to public speaking, leadership, debating, training. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I want to pursue in the future. Public speaking is such an important skill that you need to start developing at a young age and you get better at it as you become an older person. And it initially, my idea of public speaking was just being a good debater. Like if mm. you win debating competitions, you're a great public speaker. But public speaking goes beyond that because in the past, we were just given the motion. Oh, here's a debate motion, you argue. Here's the poem, you recite it and bring back an award and you're a great public speaker. Mm. But that isn't the case in real life because you're writing your own speeches. You're deciding what to talk about and you're deciding what the aim of your speeches, you know, specifically training that, young people don't generally receive in the education system these days. And I hope, despite the fact that I didn't get it so much when I was a teenager, I'd be able to inspire other young people to take it on. Okay, so this podcast is meant for people who are on the search for what kind of careers are out there. And so I want to ask you, what is a tip that has helped you the most? Let me just say I'm not an expert. Like I'm also a young person and I've made my fair share of mistakes in life. But I think one of the things that has helped me the most is to simply try out stuff. Like I have, I did not know what I was passionate about uh, when I was a teenager. And I tried many things. And when I look back now, I was like, Joy, how could you even think of this? Like I recall when I was in year nine, I joined like an underwater robot team because I wanted to see if I was passionate about physics. Um, that, that didn't go well. I was so bored of the activity. I wanted to skip the, the competition that we had at the end of this thing. But obviously, I didn't. But the experience taught me that, you know, it's fine to try out these wrong things. Because if I would have taken a subject like physics during high school or even in university, I... I would not be thanking myself. I would have been bored out of it. So I'm, I'm kind of grateful I had short-term, not-so-good experiences where I can build the foundations of what I really want from my life. And I'm wondering what would happen if you found that passion of yours, but then you're not able to pursue it because of financial reasons or because your family won't allow it. What would you do? I have heard of stories where... of 
a family or a person may not be in the best financial situation to pursue their passions immediately, it's still an option, but right now not financially feasible. And they would prefer to do it like a few years down the line when they're more stable. I think that's perfectly fine. You may want to weigh the pros and cons and see if it is worth it right now and whether or not you could come back in two or three years time with a stronger you know, financial situation and with better skills to nail the job. You know, Joy, we're coming to the end of this interview and I want to thank you so much for bringing such inspiration and such wisdom. Um, are, do you have any last words for any listeners out there? I mean, I've, I've made my crazy share of mistakes and, you know, had strange failures along the way, but it's all part of the process. And remember that your goal shouldn't be to accumulate trophies and ribbons and the perfect LinkedIn profile. No, it should be become a better person than you were yesterday. So that's the end of this interview. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this podcast, go ahead, download it and share it with other people. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonder.